Tonight at the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 188, The Enemy of the World. My name is John, and joining me every time we come across our doppelgangers and can oddly do a very good impression of them is my good friend taylor taylor hello hello how are you john i <laughs> let's happy i think cinco de mayo. <laughs> oh it is yes happy cinco de mayo everyone i had a michelada earlier and celebration um just one though guys got a podcast to record obviously hey, we, that's okay we ordered from a, a local mexican place here in town and we feasted it up yeah and now I'm full, and how am I even awake? I don't know. I <laughs> I I will not lie to you. I took a nap after I finished uh, marathoning the Enemy of the World. But before we do get to that, we do have a special guest with us. We uh, do the person who picked the Enemy of the World, uh, the the co uh, the co-host and host of Nothing New, the Go Go Godzilla podcast, and he also hosts a weekly Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Justin Keys on. It is Mr. Justin Keys on. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. We um we are very excited to have you. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, I um Cinco de Mayo lands on my mom's birthday, oh. so uh, we tend to uh, it's one of those cases where we just we celebrate her birthday. Um, and if we can sneak in a Mexican food thing, we could try to because she does love Mexican food. But also, sometimes <laughs> it's just not worth the effort. But <laughs> especially with the goings on now, it's probably yeah. If, yeah. So uh, we 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 uh, I got some stuff special delivered to us, and uh, we had a you know good time having family uh, call in and uh, wish her happy birthday. So it was a very good day for us. Awesome, Taylor. I'll I, say right now is as two Bay Area kids, I really could have gone for some El Burro today. Oh, that's so funny. Amber totally brought up yeah. El Burro. I forget. We were watching, um, oh, the kids were watching DuckTales before bed, and it was the Three Caballeros episode. Oh, wait. Is this new or old DuckTales? Uh, this is the modern yes. DuckTales. It's a second season episode. Awesome. We're... Um, and yeah, it, and Amber just turns to me, she's like, oh, do you remember El Burro? I'm like, yeah. How could we forget? That's the staple. Um, but also very excited to hear that the three caballeros are in the new DuckTales because uh, Lauren and I are currently... At least one episode. Yes. Yeah. Lauren and I are currently watching that right now. Nice. Yeah. We When lockdown really kind of settled in, Amber's like, you know what? I'm just going to sign up for Disney+. Plus. I'm like, probably <laughs> yeah. a good idea, babe. That's going to be, I mean, in a couple of weeks, that's going to be us, uh, pretty much everybody else with uh, HBO Max when... Uh, Doctor Who comes to HBO. Everybody else can do that. I'm going to keep buying physical media. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I will say around where I live, I did see a great promo poster for HBO Max that yeah. said um, where Time Lord meets Timeless. And it was a picture of Jody. And then below it was a picture of a old black and white movie, which I did not catch the name of. <laughs> nice. But I thought that was pretty cool that you know, it was. Just to see the doctor on an HBO poster in Valley Village, California. Very, very strange. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. But um, 
So we are here to talk about Enemy of the World, but before we do get to that, we're going to talk about um, what's making us happy this week. And um, Justin, why don't you go first? We we just like to do this. This is a new segment we do because Mm -hmm. the world is insane right now. (laughs) Uh, It's a fair idea. It's not a bad idea. Um, Well, I know that I'm on a Doctor Who podcast. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be all about Doctor Who for the majority of this time. But um, it was made the fourth yesterday, and True. yes, I I, uh, I I found out that like during most years when it's made the fourth, it tends to be like a that's nice, but I'm either at work or I'm at a uh, I'm volunteering at my comic at my local comic book shop for free comic book day. Oh yes, so I really so I don't really it's like I couldn't really do much with it, uh, and obviously now due to our you know uh, global situation. I realized, like, I had time, and instead of watching the movies a billionth time, which, you know, hey, I've, I've done that uh, on and off this holiday, <laughs> I I decided, like, uh, let me try something else that I haven't seen. And so I, I decided to kind of do a bunch of Star Wars documentaries. Um, oh. And so, right. like, Disney Plus just released, like, the first episode of The Making of the Mandalorian, and the first episode was on all the directors, and I'm a film, like, consumer and i love hearing directors talk about the process so that was like my catnip and then (laughs) uh and then on disney plus they had the two and a half hour empire of dreams documentary which is the making of the whole trilogy but this was back in 2005 so not not concurrent obviously but this was still pretty a nice like oh good chunk of my time but the thing that really made me go oh this is really cool was a youtube uh, original documentary series that was on sci-fi wire on youtube called uh, looking for Leia. And it's this really, really well done documentary about the Star Wars fandom from a female perspective. Oh. Right. And it was like seven episodes, 14 minutes each, all, and it's definitely about, and it's, it's a really good perspective on like, you know, representation, et cetera. But the episode I thought was really amazing was this episode on, and I never knew about this. There was a Navajo dub of A New Hope. Really? Oh, really? And they, it was finished around 2013, 2014. And it, it was done as a way to help preserve the Navajo language. Oh, wow. That's because, awesome. And so, like, Native American languages are kind of going... They say in the documentary, Native American, there used to be, like, 300. Now it's boiled to 100-ish. And maybe around 2050, it might even go down to 50 because the language is, is not being used regularly. Right. So the, the Navajo community decided, like, it would be cool to have a movie dubbed in Navajo and a popular movie and what bigger movie (laughs) than goddamn Star Wars oh sorry I forgot this is a PG show so you have to blur part of that what bigger movie than than Star Wars and what's really cool is hearing the Navajo dubbing actors like try to figure out like how am I playing Leia (laughs) yeah right how am I playing 3PO it was interesting that 3PO was actually voiced by a woman which I thought was kind of neat and oh. it it totally it totally worked and it's this it, it culminates to the screening of the navajo dub in this like community in this beautiful outdoor theater and just sort of realizing like like hearing someone who looked hearing the star wars characters but talk like your family your history's heritage language made everyone's like heart bigger and i'm like wow that's great <laughs> that's super cool that is you know i don't i don't think you know as someone you know, born here and who got like a C minus in Spanish. I guess I really don't think about that and what that means, you know, having a, one of the most popular movies of all time dubbed in, in your, uh, the language you grew up speaking. Yeah. Huh. 
That's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely that definitely was like my that's how I celebrated made the fourth instead of watching like the original movies or whatever trilogy films like the 80th time. I'm like, I've seen those <laughs> enough. I'm good. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That sounds like that is a that's probably uh that's a really good what make what makes us happy this week. Taylor, what about you? <laughs> well, this week um I have I don't know, I spent like the first month of lockdown just not even in the mood to play any video games when i did try to i was like eh, not feeling it it's kind of feeling like i needed something new um and then i saw the gran turismo sport which i'm you know i cut my teeth on racing games mm. uh, it's kind of like what i'm good at um first person stuff not so much racing games i'm great and i don't even use a wheel um <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I'll pick up Gran Turismo Sport. I know it's it's you actually have you can drive you know old VWs in it if you want to, not very fast, but you can drive them. Um, and I've it's I've been reinvigorated. I have been just like obsessively uh, playing it as much as I can in the evening after the kids go to bed. Plus, they have a livery editor where you can actually go in and like design your own racing livery. Oh, oh. Um, but that you can also make your own decals or, um, you know, paint textures. If you want to make a rusty car, oh, here, you know, you just, you go on and you search, you know, rust and it's like, okay, well, let's see, we can use this and this and this, and here's these special decals. Oh, I want to make this car look like a, like a CHP car or whatever. You can go and find stuff that other people have done these designs for, or, if you've got the Photoshop skills, you can make your own decals and upload them as well. So oh. uh, my creative uh, cup has overfloweth uh, with this. And I have spent many a night after playing it for a couple of hours going to bed thinking of like, okay, tomorrow I want to take this car and I want to do this. And here's where I want to place these things. And, and it's it's becoming a little obsessive on my end. <laughs> <laughs> but it's making me happy. And yeah. So that's kind of. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. What about you, John? Well, uh, yesterday was my 37th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it was. It made, it made me pretty happy. Oh, I know what it is. I was trying to think like, did my birthday, just the act of my birthday happening make me happy? Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, Lauren and I went to Grill em All, which I think I mentioned last week. Uh -huh. um, it was, as usual, amazing. Uh, we had cake. We watched DuckTales. Nice. Um, and <laughs> I'm trying to think if we watched anything else, but I can't really remember uh but the th uh, oh she also got me an air fryer which we talked about off air because mm -hmm. justin and i have been going <laughs> back and forth about air fryers and now now i own one and i'm like i need to air fry everything uh, and you'll soon be starting the air fryer cast yes uh, absolutely um i'll happily be a guest on that immediately. <laughs> perfect perfect it might be more i think that might have to be like a youtube series get will it fry maybe i don't know will it fry? <laughs> yes or is it edible i think might be the better but i think um so my sister texts me yesterday and she says happy birthday and i'm like yeah thanks and she goes we got you something i'm like oh cool so um she and my brother-in-law chris uh, purchased me a cameo 
from uh, New York Met first baseman, rookie of the year, Pete Alonzo. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, And as soon as I hit play, I burst into tears. (laughs) Um, And it was such a great message i could technically play it on this podcast but we got you know we got to get through the podcast uh it was very sweet it was uh yeah it was great that's what's making me happy this week it was um yeah it was great and you know like you know cameos are like hey happy so and so told me to say happy birthday and here's a random thing about you that they told me this message was nearly two minutes long and wow Oh, wow. I'm very sure he did not like he he went the distance on it and yeah it was great it's very cool he thanked me for being a Mets fan so you know that's, that's really cool it was great I've only watched it once because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can bring myself to to watch it again right now I will I have it saved it's 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 around and it was great it was good stuff that's, that's, that's fantastic cool. that's yeah, really now, cool. Back it up in multiple places. Mm-hmm. Oh, back it up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's all, it, you could actually go to his TikTok and see it. <laughs> I think, you, or not his TikTok. I'm sorry. Ugh, why did I say TikTok? You can I, go to I, his uh, cameo and see it. Okay. I think it's actually like, that's one of the things that it, it saves it on the website as well. Gotcha. Anyway, he also mentioned Henson, which was great. And Lauren. Aww, so it was very, nice. cu- it was very cute. All right. So before we we got some who news here, we got we some do. who news and I didn't actually check. I see a big finish note is is the free big finish this week. Are they still doing it? And is it yes. Doctor Who related? It is. Um, it is. Uh, it's hey. Jenny, it's the doctor's daughter. Um, God bless the big finish app. I totally forgot on Monday and I got this little notification this morning. It's like, hey, you got a free episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't download it yesterday. So. I'm doing it right now. Uh, Justin, go. were you aware that Big Finish is, has been doing this? Uh, what was it exactly? So uh, are you familiar with Big Finish, I guess, is my first. Yes, you are, of course, right? Def- definitely. Yes. Definitely. Um, so they have been doing, uh, since the uh, the lockdown has been happening, they've been giving out every Monday free Big Finish stories. And m- for the most part, they are Doctor Who. Uh-huh. And um, we've just been like, hey, make sure you go get this one is about uh, the doctor's daughter. And apparently there is a turtle in a suit on the cover of this one. (laughs) No penguin, but okay. And also (laughs) what appears to be Cyborg from uh, from the DC universe. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm in. Let's do it. (laughs) So, yeah, we just like to mention that just to just by the way, people make sure you check it out. And they also discount. Uh, a lot of stuff on Mondays yeah. too, so very cool stuff. All right. Anyway, on to the Who news. Yeah. Well, John, do you remember uh, how when we watched the Power of the Daleks, um, the very first Trouton story, the very first one that they really went through and and reanimated, literally. Yes, and we did not like how it. how yeah how we really didn't love the animation of it. Like Homestar Runner had better animation than. <laughs> Oh, oh Ooh, shots across ouch. the bow. Uh, have I, you seen? Have you seen it, Justin? Uh, yes, I have. I, I saw a good chunk of it uh, during my last galley, uh, Gallifrey one, mm-hmm. and I was like, it was you know like one of my favorite things to do with Gallifrey is to go, hey, you know, like, hey, what's playing in the screening room? And if it's an older Who, I'm all in. Yeah. So 
I saw that. I went, oh, it's the animated one. And it's the second Troughton. And you guys are going to hear very quickly how much I'm going to love Patrick. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I walked in and then about like after 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, I mean, obviously, as we said, it was the, it was their first attempt and it wasn't, it, the pacing yep. was real bad. Anyway, go, sorry. Well, Taylor. And, and, no, you're fine. And we, we also learned later on that they were kind of rushing to get it done so it could be released on like the 50th anniversary of its original airing or something like that. Well, good news, folks. On the 6th of July of this year, a special edition of The Power of the Docks will be released. This is, they've updated the animation. What? what? Six animated episodes replace the 2016 physical and digital release with new and improved animation and authentic black and white visuals. Holy crap. <laughs> yes. Plus a ton of new additional material, including two documentaries, the 1993, excuse me, BBC audio version of the power of the Daleks narrated by Tom Baker. What? <laughs> Raw incidental music. Huh. Um, a couple of other things that, I'm not quite sure what it is. Daleks, the early years, a 1992 documentary presented by Peter Davison. Oh my goodness. Not only that, but Robin Hood, a 1953 episode. This is Patrick Troughton's earliest surviving TV appearance. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, there's also a bunch of BBC archive footage and it gets a bullet point of its own Easter eggs. Yes. I see that bullet point Easter eggs. <laughs> Um, and plus audio commentaries by Anarchy Wills on each episode. Wow. That that's, is not what I thought was going to That's crazy. So they went back and redid this. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. They listening to us? I don't know. Maybe, but, <laughs> but also I could have done with them just leaving it as is and using that power to animate something else. But yeah. I get it. I get it. I, I I can see that too. Man, oh man, we're gonna have to watch this again. Maybe just for fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think just for fun would be be the best. Well, that's great. That's very yeah, cool. Uh, man. And also, I mean, just a note, they are going to town on Blu-ray and DVD extras. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. that's not just for this release. I don't know if you guys sat in on any of the animation stuff they're doing and the DVD Blu-ray stuff. For the season releases, holy moly, they are just material abound. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they absolutely are. And I'm really looking forward to all of them. And elsewhere in Who News this week, um, not surprisingly, big finish news. But <laughs> special thing on the 12th of May, so literally a week from today when we're recording this, um, Big Finish is going to release their first full cast, full length Doctor Who audio drama to have been recorded entirely during lockdown. Wow. It is called Shadow of the Sun. Very cool. Tom Baker. Yep. Louise Jameson. John Leeson. John Leeson. Yep. And uh, Nick Briggs directing. Um, You know, hey, if they are able to get everybody set up with remote operations and they can keep producing... Who am I to stop them? And it runs, it run. let's see how much, let's do the uh, conversion here. It's going to be about $11 US for the digital. That's not bad. 
That's not bad at all. Nope. Maybe we should uh, maybe we'll <laughs> venture into the big finish here. We keep teasing that we're going to, like we have set up some elaborate plan to do a giant big finish series, but we still haven't. Yeah, so far <laughs> we've only done Dark one. Eyes. Yeah, Dark Eyes. That's exactly right. Great. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and it's worth noting, if you are listening to this on Wednesday, May 6th, um, and only on Wednesday, May 6th, uh, the next lockdown, who is the girl in the fireplace, starts at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The hashtag is Clockdown. They're killing these hashtags, by the way. If you are <laughs> if you are listening to this after Wednesday, well, you flipping missed it. You what did. What's wrong with you? And uh, it, it starts at 11 a.m. Uh, our time, California yes. time. So yeah, um, you, man, you if I've w- woken up early enough, you're listening to it. Oh, boy. (laughs) Good point. Get up early tomorrow, John. I ended this thing at like 6 (laughs) a.m. True. All right. So this week we watched The Enemy of the World starring Patrick Troughton as the Doctor and Ramon Salamander, which is a great name. Anyway, Fraser Hines as Jamie, Deborah Deborah Watling as Victoria, Mary Peach as Astrid, Carmen Monroe as Farah. And Patrick Troughton, once again, as Ramon Salamander. Did we mention Patrick Troughton? Is, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> it was written by David Whitaker and directed by Barry Letts. It first aired December 23rd, 1967 through January 27th, 1968. And it is the fourth story of season five. And we have some lovely, lovely story notes from the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Indeed, this was the first story to be directed by Barry Letts. Uh, now, Barry Letts would later go on to produce almost all of John Pertwee's tenure as the Doctor. Interesting. Yeah. There were some good directorial... We'll get to some director, directorial stuff here. There were some interesting things. Definitely. Definitely. Now, before 2013, so not that long ago, six, seven years ago, all... But episode three of this story were missing from the BBC archives. So five out of six oh, episodes man. were missing. However, in October of that year, it was announced that episodes one, two, four, five, and six, together with four previously lost installments and a higher quality copy of the only existing episode from Web of Fear, had been located in a relay station <laughs> in Jos, Nigeria. I remember Nigeria. I remember them talking about this at Gallifrey One. I remember like it, when you said Nigeria, I went, why does that sound familiar? And I went, oh, I remember when they they announced it at Gallifrey. I, How crazy is that? BBC I just know, just all places just getting a big old slingshot and just sending film into the air to various locations <laughs> being like, well, That's I don't know where it landed. Right. That's exactly right. Ugh. Somewhere in the middle of a con- of the Congo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> tribes are dancing around old 16 millimeter reels of Man. Cardinal stories. I don't know. It's so crazy <laughs> to just think like they just kind of shrug when people go, well, where where's all of Marco Polo? And they're like, oh, <laughs> it's somewhere. It's, you know, it's, it's buried at the bottom of the money pit on Oak Island. That's I guess so. Yeah. That's- there. That's where that's what that's what's under Oak Island. Yes, it just it blows my mind. This came out in basically the end of 1967, and in 2013, <laughs> there were still copies existing that could be used that hadn't crumbled 
in Nigeria. Yeah. You know know what I'm wondering if, is there, have they done a documentary on their process of finding things? I I would, I don't know. I would would totally watch that. I would watch the crap out of that. They should definitely do that. Oh my goodness. Because this is like, this is kind of like the, this is kind of like the, the, the hope for a lot of like lost media, you know, specifically from this time period. Like, like the Lost Episodes of Doctor Who, um, the Mystic Spider sequence that's in the original 1933 King Kong film, um, et cetera. And it's this case where it's like, this is the thing you always want to hear is one day someone goes, we found it somewhere mm-hmm. deep in said blank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no one knew what it was until literally recently. And it's in perfect condition or in great condition. This is the dream you hear. When you hear uh, Lost, when you want to know what the hope is for Lost Media, like episodes of Doctor Who, and it's wild to me yeah, that this one, and yeah, we're getting, I'm looking forward to really diving deep with the episode with you guys, but like this one, it's a real shame that like this was kind of lost for such a long time. Um, And the fact that someone went, hey, we found it is kind of amazing to me. I remember that day they announced it. I wasn't that guy, but I was kind of like, like uh, I was at work or something, and I just went, wait, wait, wait! You're telling me there's more Patrick Troughton? Someone found <laughs> more Patrick Troughton? <laughs> I want to be on the like the find more Troughton division of the BBC. Yeah, lots of pith helmets. Yes, absolutely. Let's yeah, let's I, sign look, up for that. I think I think next time I get an email from a Nigerian prince, I'm going to say, I'm not going to help you at all unless you can tell me where some missing Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> Hashtag release the, the, the Troughton tapes. Is that what we're... Yes. Oh, my God. We're still waiting on Ice Warriors Part 3. So, I mean... I mean, we're waiting, separate... on, yeah, we're waiting on a lot. But, I mean, like a we said, yeah. all the animation they're doing now, they're pumping those out. And, I mean... It's not the same, but I mean, it's still pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. something, yeah, yeah, and they're doing a great job with it. Well, this story marks the second time, second time that a doppelganger of the Doctor has been featured, meaning the lead has a dual role, following William Hartnell's double performance as both the first Doctor and the Abbot of Amboys in the Massacre, which I believe we have not reviewed. We have not reviewed, no. And I'm actually going to look it up because you know, as we were talking about. Missing episodes. episodes. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Interesting. I'm looking it up. It's it's happening. Yeah. (laughs) While he does that, Patrick Troughton's son, David, appears as an uncredited guard in episode five and six. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. Oh, also, the massacre. I found it. The massacre uh, completely lost. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah. As of. uh, This is funny. The, The end note in TARDIS Wikia. Of the description is, as of 2020, the story remains missing from the archives. That's the last <laughs> sentence. Wow. I, lo- I would love to be that person who's like, oh, uh, happy new year, edit. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, um, neither Deborah Watling nor Fraser Hines appear in episode four because they were on holiday the week it was recorded. <laughs> that sounds completely correct yes that just makes makes sense i think wasn't it was it the time warrior no no it was it was actually the space museum episode three and we didn't have oh yes the doctor in it because he was on holiday yes i do remember that 
he was just <laughs> gone. And we were like, why was he gone for an entire episode? And then we read the story notes and figured it out. Oh, BBC scheduling. What is wrong with you? I don't know. A whole lot. Um, John, I'm not sure if anything looked familiar to you in the story we watched this week, but stock footage from a volcano exploding was later reused in color for the title cards of Inferno. Oh, my God. And then again in a episode we have not watched, The Time Monster. <laughs> Similarly, the footage of an exploding helicopter sourced from the 1963 Bond film from Russia with Love would be again used in The Damons. Wow, that's just recycling that footage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that helicopter explode, I'm like, yep, that is exactly the same. <laughs> I remember that from the, the John Pertwee episode, and I remember that from Russia with Love. Oh, my goodness. All right, so we're almost there, but before we get to the enemy of the world, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us. Indeed I do. Well, the Dr. Jamie and Victoria land in Australia, 2018, where Ramon Salamander is slowly but surely taking control of the world. It just so happens that the doctor looks exactly like Salamander, the person, not an actual Salamander. That would be weird. Yes. And what follows is a globe-spanning adventure of intrigue, double-crossing, and multiple layers of awesomeness. And did I mention this was all done in 1967? Oh, boy. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, let's uh, Actually, before we get to overall feelings, uh, Justin, you picked this epi- these episodes for us to watch. And um, I guess my only question is why? It's a, it's a really selfish reason, John. Um, <laughs> I bought the DVD uh, at, uh, I'm not sure if it's the last year's Gallifrey or the year before. And I have never watched it. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I, when I was at Gatley, my, one of my things, because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lay this out right now. Um, my favorite classic doctor is Patrick Troughton. Yeah. He's my favorite one. Yes. Um, I f- fell in love with him after, like, Tomb of Cybermen. I went, okay, this dude's mine. <laughs> yeah. I love everything about him. And my goal every galley that I go to is either get some sort of Patrick Troughton like merchandise or a DVD of one of the stories. And so this year I looked at the, uh, you know, the showroom uh, at Gallifrey one and I saw two Troughtons on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> two Troughtons. And I'm like, two Troughtons <laughs> looked in the back and I was sold. I don't, I don't know anything about this episode. I'm sold on the concept. I didn't know about the lostness of the episodes. I didn't know this is one of the episodes I was lost because it's been, at this point, it's been like four years since that that news came out. So I right. don't remember the names of the episodes. So I just get, that sounds like a cool episode. And then life keeps getting in the way. And I every I watched the first episode and then I didn't get around to watching it. Um, so when you're saying, hey, uh, what episode of Doctor Who do you want to talk about? I realized, like, oh, this is a good excuse for me to finally hunker down and watch this one. Wow. So, uh, it was a total, if it sucked, it sucked. If it was great, it was a treat for all three of us. And I, oh, I am. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was so, like, so in uh, uh, by the end of episode one after revisiting. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good... <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, overall feelings. Uh, we'll start off with I. I mean, that is. I thought you picked this because it's like, oh, they haven't seen Enemy of the World yet. I'm gonna hit them with the. I'm gonna hit them with the a home run right out of the gate here. And 
that's a little shocking to me, but I mean, hey, whatever. This uh I've been hitting up Taylor a little bit. This I was like, this how have we not watched this? This is insane. This is such a great story. Uh and I'm kind of in the same boat as Taylor where I think um I think uh this is probably one of my top classic, if not, you know, just in general, uh Doctor Who stories. Totally. The story was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It... Just amazing. I mean, just reading the general gist of it, I was like, okay, this is great. And then you get into the stories. And I mean, this could have been a very simple story that they tried to stretch over six episodes. And you could have hit like some really bad pacing at times. And I I felt like for the most part, this thing chugged right along. Mm-hmm. There were a couple spots where it was slow, and that one guy, Colin, did complain about being underground a little too much for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... But in the grand scheme of things, that's minor. Yes. And I mean, if you really think about it, he's been sheltering at home for like five years, so... <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, I mean, right. If it gets <laughs> to that point, we'll memory. revisit and be like, yeah, he's right, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I want to see the surface again. <laughs> yes. Um, man, so did you overall enjoy this, This uh, Justin? Did you? Did it surprise you at all? or It, it did, and I think what surprised me the most was um, kind of like I didn't quite know what, how, like exactly everything was going to be laid out, you know? Like, it, yeah, like the big fun, of course, is, hey, have, have Tratton play two guys. So, yeah, right. So you figured, okay, they're going to do that a lot. And um, I assumed some sort of weird villain version of the Prince and the Pauper where they kidnap Salamander and he has to, you know, Tron has to be Salamander for a spell. And that's what I assumed they were going to go. Right. Not the case. And actually, I'm surprised that it kind of took a while for them to get to that point. But it's also and I like the reasoning why Tron kept going, no, I'm not just going to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the payoff for that reason why. Um, but it did take, it was surprising for me to go, oh, he's really, he's really not, we're not going to see him do this. So instead we're going to follow Jamie and Victoria in a kind of like side mission. Yeah, this and- was kind of their, I mean, if if we are going by by the doctor being in this is kind of is almost doctor lightish, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we do see Troughton on screen a lot. He's just not the doctor most of the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and if he is um, the doctor, he's playing the other guy. Oh God! Can we talk about <laughs> his performance? Yeah. So, as... <laughs> I, and I think one thing I will say is, uh, you know, with classic stories, and this was a six-parter. And I will say, as soon as I saw it was a six-parter, I went, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) Because usually six-parters, in in our viewings that we've done here on Podcastica, it it drags on, and you're like, what what is happening? And I will say, that hovercraft at the beginning was the slowest hovercraft I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And they were just watching it for like 15 minutes. And, but uh, you know, besides nitpicky things, this, the pacing, which is something we talk about a lot here on podcastica was great. I thought it, you know, there were a little, there were some slow parts, but everything else was fantastic. I got to tell you, like I had the same reaction too, when I popped my DVD in and it went, uh Oh, 
<laughs> <laughs> and I, I even had like, all right, I'm going to watch two today, two the next day, and then the last two uh, the day uh, of the recording. That's mm-hmm. what that was my plan. That was my, that's totally how my plan was. It did not end up being that case. I, I was surprised. I did all six one shot Sunday afternoon. Wow. I, and I did that today. <laughs> you did today? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, you know, I, there's, you know, birthday stuff and we had to move the recording. Thank you everyone for moving the recording. Um, but I sat down and I went, all right. Cause I sat down this morning and I said, okay, I'm going to watch two. Then I'll take a little break. Then I'll watch mm-hmm. two. take a, I, uh, I plowed through these. Yeah. It was just like, I was on a mission. It was real easy to, it was super easy to plow through all six. All of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm at the fifth episode. Crap. All right. Yeah. Finishes up. <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I mean, right off the, the top here, we have to talk about Patrick Troughton's performance, both as the doctor and as Ramon Salamander um, for me, <laughs> but I did not read the note about, um, about I'm sorry about William Hartnell uh, doing the double performance, and also we can't really reference that because it's kind of lost. Yeah, exactly. um, and I don't know about you guys, but this is pretty much you know w- when I am watching Doctor Who, this is for the most part, but main I'd say mainly with classic Doctors, that's the only role I've ever seen them in mm. is playing the Doctor. That's it. Right. I haven't seen them yeah. in anything else. Um, and this kind of gave me a different, I mean, first of all, he nailed it. Um, and it's just, it's crazy to me that you can just see how different the characters are. And it's, and when he slips into, when the doctor slips into the other character is great. Like towards the end when, uh, he's about to get smacked and he goes, Oh no, don't hit me. I, that was great. I loved I loved that. That was so yeah. and I mean if I didn't love Patrick Troughton before as much as I do because he is my favorite classic doctor. Oh boy, he just he pole vaulted over everybody else. Yeah, that 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 was an amazing scene just watching him go because Troughton's doctor is <clears throat> I don't want to say um mousy but he comes off kind of just oh i'm not so sure and this and that and (laughs) and and ramon salamander by comparison is is you know very stiff back and he's a proud proud man and direct um, he's very direct direct, yes to the point and and you watch him unlike me talking on a podcast um (laughs) and you watch him uh turn from the doctor into salamander and it's 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 night and day he's flipping a light switch it's amazing it's 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 a heck of a thing too because when you see in that first episode you see like the the footage they're watching of salamander on mm-hmm. uh the tv <laughs> yeah i believe it's a tv <laughs> yeah let's go with yeah the tv um it's really great because it's it's right there where where the doctor is looking at at this guy immediately and you can already see the performance is immediately different um and what's kind of well wild about that first episode is that he's essentially has to do salamander immediately yeah like yeah because of the situation so already looking at it first in that first chunk it's like the doctors are it's like you know victoria and jamie are like what the heck is going on and doctor's like hold on 
Yeah, and trying to do research. He's trying to do research. And then the moment comes when they're sort of forced into a situation and the doctor has to be salamander very quickly. All of a sudden, it like, I don't know where he got the comb or he found the comb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he did so and he turned it on right away. And you're now seeing our doctor turn into Salamander really quick. And it's such a fun little bit of performance in that first episode alone. If anything, it's one of those cases where you're like, oh, I now know how this I've got to if he's going to do stuff like this in this whole story, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I mean, in that first scene where he is like, oh, I, I have to figure this out. His performance as Salamander is it's not as you can kind of tell it's not as polished as it is when the doctor's playing salamander later right which i yeah. thought was also just i'm sure that was uh you know i'm sure that was either a trouton choice or you know a director note um but it, it worked out perfectly um yeah man that the, just completely nailed this and it's like that's like just kind of like the that's like that's the fun of of like great the great casting for the doctor is like most almost always that it's like a some sort of like actor actor right know? right yes so and or in, in these early cases like extreme character actor and it's really great that like Trotton's like oh i can do i can do this i can totally have fun with this character mm-hmm. yeah and we we've, we've kind of seen that in i'd say in in modern who a little bit with um with tenet in Family of Blood, mm-hmm. and with I would say with Matt Smith as oh my goodness, what was the Mister when he plays the that jeez oh, the it's the Cyberman thing. What is he? What is Mister oh, Clever? Oh, Mister yes. Clever, right? Mm-hmm. And we've we've seen we've seen you know bits of it, but nothing to this. I think to this uh, extent and also i mean we were talking about what we kind of knew about the enemy of the world before i've seen the still of salamander and the doctor before and i don't know why i didn't go we need to watch this immediately (laughs) because i've seen this picture before like many times and i just apparently thought nothing of it and i'm you know (laughs) bummed that it took me so long to of to watch this it was it was waiting for us to have Justin on. There we go. There it is. <laughs> well, we you know just Justin came on. What do you want to talk about? And then we recorded. I think did we record the next day or the same day, Taylor? And then uh, you listened to the episode and said we got to get him on. And I said okay. Yeah, it was it was literally the very next time we recorded. I'm like, how have we not had him on? <laughs> and I went, I I didn't know. I don't know. And, I, and then I realized, you know, everyone's kind of hanging about and we should probably have more guests on <laughs> goodness um so yeah i mean trouton completely nailing it uh how do we feel this this holds up as like because this is this is a spy story i didn't i, I apparently i didn't know how, how to say the genre of spy <laughs> um of spy film movie genre um how, how do we feel this holds up i think it holds up pretty well there are I mean, there's some twists that I went, oh, interesting. And I mean, you know, towards the end where we find out the big reveal about how uh, Giles has been working with Salamander this entire time. Oh, and then, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I thought that was (laughs) that was pretty crazy. There are a lot of 
twists and turns and double crosses. How do we feel about this, I guess, as a as a whole spy story, Taylor? I think it holds up pretty well, honestly. I mean, like you said, the 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 reveal with Giles Kent toward the end, I didn't see that coming. Um, no, I didn't either. You know, it was um yeah, those twists were really good. Um I, I did feel like um oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh the big fella all in black. Oh my goodness. Okay, uh, so Bruce, Bruce. yes, Donald Bruce, who was another amazing supporting character. And I he he came in and just commanded this room dressed in all black the first time he showed up. Yeah. Definitely. I was Definitely. like, yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his kind of turn in going, okay, Doctor, you really you really think there's dirt on Salamander that he's doing all these things. I'm going to like take a leap of faith and trust you right now. That I felt was a little quick given his, his like demeanor through all the rest of the episodes before then, but we've only got six episodes to tell the story. So I'm, I'm willing to overlook that and just run with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it did seem a little quick, but he also was kind of, he seemed a little weary of what Salamander was doing, but I mean, some of that is because he thought the doctor was Salamander. So, yeah. <laughs> but he kind of, he did seem a little quick to be like, convince me and I'll help you. I, the reveal with Kent, I think that's one of those things where, like, it's how it's, it's how the doctor explains why at the end, right? Like, why he hesitated, why he wasn't sure he really wanted to jump into this, why he mm-hmm. needed proof, why he needed proof. That's, he kept saying that, like, I need proof. Yes, you proof. Know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of love that his rationale was like, the only reason you want me in is you want me to kill him. And I love that the doctor is like, mm, that's a red flag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, I'm going to hold off on that. I, mm, that's not enough. I can tell. I know he's bad. And, you, and it's kind of funny because you, when you look back on the rest of the episodes after the reveal, Kent really was like, see, see, isn't that terrible? And the doctor's like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But I need a little... I need something and you're not giving it to me to make me 100% be on your side. Um, who's that really snivelly dude that really Benick. Benick. So I oh knew I knew he was a villain because he clearly wasn't wearing an undershirt. <laughs> and it was just like gross. Like it, no. I was like this guy's gross. John, John, yeah. he was a villain because he clearly has like a quarantine haircut. Yes, that that too. He cut his own hair, and it shows, and he is evil for it. Maybe he's just thrifty, and he didn't want to wear an undershirt. But either I, way, it looked gross. Sure, it's it sounds like he's thrifty for both not wearing an undershirt and deciding to cut his own. Yes, hair. yes, which makes him intensely evil because he's not quarantined. So. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is Benick's choice to look like this. Yes, I mean <laughs> Benick was he was he was a character that's for sure. But I mean, also Astrid, who is just like this, you know, badass woman who's just mm-hmm. just taking control at all. I mean, c- come on, guys, she she saves these people because she's convinced that, that one of them is not Ramon Salamander. They she gets shot and she's flying a helicopter. And she's just pan faced the entire time, like, oh, uh, yeah, we're losing fuel because the fuel tank has been ruptured and we're probably going to explode. And they're all like, what? And she just keep, continues 
to fly this helicopter. I will also say uh, her the costume design for her was legit. Yeah, <laughs> like that jacket, naval captain esque but mm-hmm. futuristic look. Yes. And I mean, while we're on the subject of costume design, Salamander's outfits were, I mean, that was another oh, yeah. key thing is that like it wasn't, it wasn't uh, our hobo from space wearing a giant black jacket or, you know, like he, he wore clothes that, that were formed fitting. And that was just another, you know, good wrinkle to that character. But I mean, oh, yeah. I think, a true spy story needs a big reveal of the master plan. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, I didn't see keeping people captive in an underground bunker <laughs> so they can help make natural disasters as the big reveal. That's that's pretty up there. That was crazy. Because I went, why are we going down? And it, while it looked cool, like he gets into this this um home depot pod and sends a message down to the to the uh do you guys remember the home depot pods the tra- i do remember the home the depot trans- <laughs> yeah. i went oh no it's like were you worried that was a too deep of a cut no, i thought it was yes he, he goes you know he had too much money in the register so he puts it in there uh but he goes down this pod and then he's in this like I'm like, what is happening? Who are these people that are like, I hope to see the sun someday. And I'm just like, what is happening? Why is Salamander's room down there covered in Dalek bumps? Yes. Ooh, interesting. So that, that shot of him with the cigar. Yes. But like the, like the, and all that kind of like his tattered clothing. And he's just very nonchalantly going, "Mm mm-hmm, that's good. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I mean that it's it's clear because when you first go down there and he's like I'm trying to protect you and you're like well maybe he's not that bad of a guy mm-hmm. and then when he like he, he you know he fakes having radiation sickness mm-hmm. and then he's like ho oh, hum just smoking a cigar I'm like <laughs> oh no he really is evil there's nothing good about this man Oh no, no there, there's not and I love that even later rather than just like not continuing to address the 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 decontamination chamber we get a reason to go back there and we get a reason to point out oh no 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 see there's just an electric eye here i can stick this ruler in here and it goes oh my god it's horribly irradiated <laughs> yes yes oh man those poor people <laughs> right i think they were down there for what five years five or years something? yeah and it's like that ruler bit, right, is the moment where that one guy who was so like, you got to do all this first. And as soon as you saw the ruler that's been with them, as far as they know, this entire time, be contaminated. He, You can tell like that flip the switch is like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I also love the guy who finds the newspaper and is just like pushing over his co-workers. Get out of my way. Yes, Let's not forget to address the absolutely bizarre state of the underground uh, dwellers' outfits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it almost seemed like... So this was... Oh, you know why? It, this was supposed to take place in... What What did you say? 2018? 2018. 2018. Oof. So it, right. it almost felt like those outfits were from the 70s. Mm. Which, well, if they've only been down there for five years, yeah. maybe 2013, they might as well be in a relay station in Nigeria. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my goodness. Or an Ooh, underground man. bunker 
in an island. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank John. Oh no, Thank it's a crossover you. episode. <laughs> Where were the hieroglyphics? <laughs> Somewhere down there. Man. I you know what? I know this is a tangent, but I feel like I've mentioned this a couple of times. I, man, do I want to do a lost rewatch? I don't know. <laughs> that would be Maybe. fun. That would be fun to to we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll talk about that later, I guess. Um <laughs> I'm trying to, th- you know what? I want to talk about Jamie for a little bit because as we all know, well, some of us know, Jamie is one of my favorite companions of all time. He just wants to stab things and sometimes do the right thing. Um, just seems like a, a stand-up guy besides the stabbing. Um, he is just, he's like, oh, we're going to do spy stuff? And he's just punching people. And like when he jumps over the railing, and he's like, oh, no, everybody down. And he throws the device that explodes. <laughs> I'm just like, Jamie's in this to win this this entire time. He's like, yeah, I'll I'll infiltrate this possibly world domination hungry guy's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, I, I you know, Jamie is, is one of my favorite. And I just I'm very excited that he was in. <laughs> he appeared to be in his element at all times. Except for when he was in that, not wearing uh, the kilt. Yeah. <laughs> which was very strange for me. I, yes. Seeing him as a guard, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I legitimately, my, like, I, he's like, uh, uh, Jamie and, 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 and the doctor is one of my favorite doctor companion pairings because the thing I love so much about them is that they're like the bestest of friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the bestest of friends really comes through in the, in the moment where, they think they're talking to Salamander. And this is a really good bit, right? Yes. It, it you know, like he's uh, now, like you kind of brought up earlier, John, it's a really good point is that like now the doctor's like, okay, I can flawlessly play Salamander better. Now. And he's convinced Jamie and Victoria that mm-hmm. it's, it's Salamander that they're being confronted by. And then when he, you know, like again, you guys brought up the fact it's like, oh, don't hit me is like, it's a really great way to bringing him out of it. But it's like, it's not enough. And I love that Jamie's like, no, 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 no. I've been through just enough of this stuff with you that I still don't believe you. (laughs) Yes, yes. So he does, what was it like? What was the thing exactly they do that that they kind of were in sync? Were they singing a song? Yes, he pretends to to play his recorder because Jamie's made him leave it in the TARDIS. Yes. right. And he finished, Jamie finishes the song. Yes. For him. And it's like, there's a adorable moment it's delightful <laughs> yeah it's so great but it's, it's like that's that's how close they are is that like jamie knows oh when my really annoying roommate won't shut up <laughs> with his, <laughs> his freaking instrument that's like oh okay you def that's definitely you <laughs> yeah absolutely um so like i said earlier there's there's this picture that i've seen before and i'm still don't understand why i immediately didn't go we need to watch this um let's go all the way to the end here where the base the base explodes um giles is dead um (laughs) and seemingly he's just under rubble i love that they're like look and I feel like they got all those people out of there, right? Well, they at least had a plan for getting all those people out of there. I don't know that we actually see it on on camera. Also, I think like another weird thing is when 
that one guy's like, I want to go. And Salamander's like, ugh, fine. And he, <laughs> like, he doesn't kill him, which I think is weird. He kind of just, like, bonks him on the head and throws him above ground where people can find him. <laughs> that seems a little strange now that I think about it. But it didn't really seem like the underground base was that underground. Like, they made it seem like it was all the way very, very far Right. <laughs> and they just walk up a hill and they're there, it seems like. Maybe it's a much, much deeper cave system than we realize. Oh, yeah, there, there, there we go. go. There you go. <laughs> that is also a fun reference to Hellier. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Justin, way, have you seen Hell? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> what were you going to say, Taylor? Sorry. Oh, Phenomenicon last weekend was amazing. Oh, yeah. I oh, Boy, yeah. Um, did they did they mention anything about Hellier season three? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, there's definitely stuff that could take them that direction, but they're like, yeah, we kind of got to get through the pandemic first. Fine, <laughs> but this is the perfect time. Like the uh, everything under. Uh, never mind. Okay, so Doctor, or I'm sorry, we think the Doctor is kind of just walking around. He's got a head wound, and Jamie is like, oh, it's the doctor. And Victoria's like, yeah, come inside and operate the TARDIS. And he's just like, my head hurts. <laughs> and then uh, we are greeted by the actual doctor, and we get this face-off scene where they have a fight, and uh, Jamie gets some shots in because he's a pal. I love, yeah, I love this scene so much. It's, it's, a, it's a very... It's so fantastic where I believe Salamander says, well, you've been impersonating me for so long. I thought I would try it. Give a, get a, take a oh, shot at it. Yes. Which, and I love that. It's it. They didn't meet until this scene. Yes. Yeah. I love that. They held off for six episodes. <laughs> yeah. For the last fact, few. Yeah. For this I last think, few minutes. I think I read on TARDIS wiki that they had actually, They'd wanted to do it earlier, but the logistics of doing like the split screen shots. Oh yeah, sure. It was too much, so they saved it for this. Which and I it, think, yeah, exactly. perfect. It's perfect. It's way better to have it here because it's almost like this buildup. You're waiting for them to actually meet. You're waiting mm -hmm. for them to confront each other, and it's such a great way of doing it. It's is a, it's it happens the moment when Salamander goes, "I'll pretend to be the guy who was pretending to meet be me." It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. And they have, they have, um, I mean, this is a crazy villain death. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And I mean, it also ends the episode where it's just like, and credits. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Um, so, you know, they have a fight. Salamander hits a button that I guess he knows is the uh, travel through time and space button. <laughs> Maybe and it's well labeled. It probably is. It probably just says, like, this is the button. And it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, somebody forgot to close the TARDIS door behind them. <laughs> and Salamander just straight up falls out of the TARDIS mid-flight. And um, unless he has become a a a being of a, on a higher plane, he is he is done for. That would be interesting. I am I am completely stuck on the fact that the TARDIS can take off the doors open. Yes. <laughs> like, that seriously? is I feel like that would that would have murdered them all immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like just the force of taking off. 
<laughs> would have flung them all, and we would have had that real life promo for uh, Eleven and Amy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it would have just ended in death and not been a you know. Anyway, I thought that was crazy, and I mean, I was kind of reading up about the next episode, which I think is Web. Is it Web of Fear? It's Web of Fear. Yeah, Web of Fear, and you know that kind of sets them so sets them off on that that adventure. So I mean, Salamander kind of you know he's like ha. But that, I mean, that's such a crazy, and and we're talking about, you know, how, how this lives up as a spy movie. That is such a crazy villain death. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, that is a trope we get in, in many a spy film. <laughs> um, it, it might be one of the most intense and awesome endings of an entire story. Not even a cliffhanger inside a story, like the end of an entire story. Here's this bad guy flung out of the TARDIS into the vortex. Yeah. And that's, I, yeah, I just, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make the claim right here. I, I, I understand we probably would never see Ramon Salamander again in modern who, but I'd love to just get a reference. Just give me a reference. Just give me a little name nod. Yeah. Just give a tip of the hat. And I'll be pretty stoked. I mean, who knows? He could have, you know, he was released into the Vortex. The Vortex could have taken him somewhere else through time. Absolutely. That would be interesting. There's like, actually, I think if you look at the TARDIS wiki, I think there's actually a comic book that kind of gives, or a comic story uh, that kind of gives the idea that he lands uh, back on Earth. Interesting. In the 1960s. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm seeing the, the Heralds of Destruction. Very interesting. Who wrote yeah. that? Who was the the person I want to give credit to writing that? Oh, look who it was. Friend of the show, Paul Cornell. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, absolutely. Yeah. Out of here, yes. Paul Cornell and the artist was Christopher Jones. Oh. And it's a third doctor story. That's fantastic. I guess I'm going to find that. Yeah, now. I got to find that now. <laughs> That's great. That's very cool. Five part comic. I also, I also love the fact that why does Salamander look like the doctor? And the answer is just cause. Yes. <laughs> just cause. No, no splintered off DNA. No weird machine. No, no, nose. you remember helping him. And that's why you have this face. <laughs> none none of that. Randomness of the universe. Yes. Yeah. Goodness. Goodness gracious. Um, let's, um, I don't really have, I mean, we talked about the exploding helicopter, which I went, oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> but before the exploding helicopter, we get this. And I mean, I would have to, you know, we, ha- we, I personally have not seen every, every classic who episode, but I would have to say the, in episode one, when the, the guards are shooting at the helicopter as it takes off. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything as uh, I guess maybe for you know a BBC production in this era and it being Doctor Who. I don't think I've seen anything as bold as that. It was one whole shot of the helicopter taking off and uh, getting away as they were shooting at um, the Doctor and Astrid and our companions. I was very impressed with that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, was very cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> But other than that, I don't really have any any directorial notes. Um, Taylor, I feel like you said you could talk about some wallpaper for 
and it's <laughs> oh my gosh yes can let's take a moment to just recognize the the many locations that we have in this story that have completely bonkers wallpaper i would love i like i i vaguely remember astrid's uh wallpaper yeah astrid's bungalow has like <laughs> very like mod shapes um like non non-linear stripes <laughs> um and i think like the very next room has like ornate kind of like almost fleur-de-lis type stuff like just conjoining rooms have just these greatly disparaging or uh, not disparaging uh disparate uh styles mm-hmm. i'm like who on earth decorates like this um <laughs> I think it was, um, oh shoot, now I'm trying to remember. It was like the, was it the safe house, the lab, something like that? Oh, where, um, where, um, the guy comes through the window and tries to, and tries to get, uh, Astrid. Yeah. And they go through the, the, where do they go through the, the air conditioning ducts or the ducts, the air ducts? Yes. Yes. I do remember thinking the wallpaper out there looked very crazy. like i mean kudos to the set design because there were a lot of sets yes oh my goodness in this story there's a ton of different locations there were different countries heck even the people who were supposed to be on australia sounded australian um but some of the wallpaper was just just really stood out (laughs) to me and really really just caught my eye as being like this is just an insane set for this let alone everything else going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? There is someone we haven't spoken about, and I feel like we should give her her just due, and that is uh, the official, I believe, food taster of Ramon <laughs> Salamander, Farah. Uh, yes. uh, um, I mean, if if there's anything I could say about Farah, she slaps a dude before she dies. <laughs> That's her last living act. Yeah, on, there but, is that. But no, she um, she's a great character. I feel like, you know, she's kind of just fell into this situation with Salamander. And as soon as like Victoria's like, I want to be the cook. She's like, you got to get the hell out of here. What are you doing? Like, this is bad. Like, you should not be here. None of us should be here. This guy's insane. Well, we, we do still need to talk about Victoria. And I do like the fact that she goes, I like eating and I'm hungry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah, but, l- yeah, let's talk about, uh, Farrah before we get to Victoria because I think Victoria also has a pretty key part in this. But, yeah, um, you know, F- Farrah willing to risk quite literally her life to get the dirt out on Ramon Salamander. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed her. Well, and I also, I also love that we have a rather important role for a woman of color. Yes. Yes. And you hear that. I mean, yes, absolutely, and I feel like we would have to, you know, do a little more research to. But I feel like, at least, it's what we've seen. Um, she might be the most prominent person of color character we've had in Doctor Who up until this point. I feel very possibly. I'd want to do a little bit more research before declaring that, but that's you know, that's not a completely unsafe bet. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like you know. Someone correct us if we are wrong, and we, we might be, but also I'm fine with being wrong. Um, but yeah, I thought she was very important. She she carried herself very well in a situation that she you know didn't want to be a part of. 
just well, trying yeah, to survive. Kind of Star Trek like mini Yeah, uniform. man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean also I I I don't have this character's name, but I thought all of her interactions with Surly Cook, as I put him. I think that's another thing about this story that I found very fascinating is our comic relief was a Surly Cook. Um, Yes. (laughs) I thought that was very funny because I love when the the kitchen gets too crowded. He's like, oh, don't worry. I'll leave. I'm just the cook. And it's just like this guy (laughs) is just so done with this. Yep. And I loved him. Uh, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Victoria a little bit. I feel like we have not even said her name until I mentioned another character. <laughs> uh, no, and they put they actually do quite a bit with Victoria in this episode. To be honest, um, especially with the with the cook. <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking back of the cook all of a sudden. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, she does. I mean, like we like you said at the top of of the show when we started talking about it. This is pretty much. Um, the doctor struggling with impersonating this person, and then it's it's Jamie and Victoria infiltrating this you know this compound mm-hmm. and just trying to do the best they can. <laughs> I do love that she's like when they're going over, she's like, "I could help the cook," and she says something about pudding, and the the chef's like, "Oh, dessert, that's great." <laughs> you can make the dessert <laughs> although I, I still i still think it's kind of funny even though she kind of requested it but we've got jamie going off and being a guard and then we've got the female companion in the kitchen in the kitchen yeah. and i feel actually is that two episodes in a row for us taylor uh um, was sarah jane last week no where she's oh, like yes yes it was last week yeah <laughs> no Actually, uh, it was not last week. Last week was the Ancient Sanvaro. So ah, it yes. That. It was the week Two weeks ago. That. Yes. It was oh. the Space Museum. No, wait. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. That's, there you go. Thank you for getting that, the our, running. Our, our, new, our new running gag. Last week's episode is always the Space Museum. Yes. <laughs> but apparently now it's not anymore. It's a different episode. But yeah, it's the Time Warrior. It's now the Time Warrior. But, yeah, I mean, ugh. Yeah. I mean, I guess the sign of the times, I don't know. Probably. I mean, look, let, let's be honest. I mean, you actually go back properly to the Space Museum and there's Hartnell asking Vicky to go get him some water. Oh, go yes. make some tea. Actually, no. Third Doctor, Time Warrior, asking Sarah Jane. Yes, to make to tea as well. Yeah, yes. to go do tea or coffee or something. See, it's all the way, at least through the first <sighs> no. three Doctors. I don't know if Baker ever gets though. Well, I mean... Well, I think the over under. Is... Yes, yes, the over under for sure. Well, I mean, uh, is there anything else anyone is dying to mention before we get to? Uh, I'm very excited to to talk about one scene and give it a rating. Oh my gosh, let me. Um, I for whatever reason I feel compelled to point out the the one scene where I forget who is looking down on these guards in the distance, but there is just a random lady with yes. a baby buggy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm like, why is this? Okay. Sure. Taylor that. Okay. If I had not scrolled down, I would have missed in all bold in my miscellaneous notes. 
there's a whole a wide shot when they realize they're being surrounded and there's a woman w- with a baby carriage. Man, there better be a payoff to that. And there wasn't. <laughs> Absolutely. There's just this random woman. And I was like, oh, man, what's what's going to be? Is there a bomb in the baby carriage? What's happening here? Is there like... Is there going to be gas that knocks them out? Is this a new character that's come to help them? There was no payoff to it. Nope. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would say I would say that is the uh, that's the only thing that I can that I can think of. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There was one other scene. I like we were talking about how, how this was such a great spy movie. I really did love the doc scene. When Astrid and uh, Dennis, who we ha- actually really have not mentioned at all, uh, was under, they were under kind of like plotting and planning while people were walking above them. Oh I, yes, yeah, that was that was a good scene. That I re- was a good scene. Yeah, I really really loved that. I thought that was oh that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm a little confused why Victoria has no idea what a helicopter is, but then also doesn't lose her mind when she goes up flying in it. If I didn't know what a helicopter was, I'm not sure I'd want to get into one. <laughs> yeah, but right. Maybe that's, I don't know. I, 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 would, I guess you make the argument, like, after being in the TARDIS, again, similar like, to Jamie. It, Fair point. Like, it's like, after being in a TARDIS, it's a literal time machine. Yeah. Yes. I think she, I think she, maybe the, the short answer is like, I, okay, sure. That's yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll run with that. <laughs> um, kind of, to go real quick back to the Home Depot pod. Um, <laughs> I do legitimately love how that's filmed. Yeah, like yeah. it's a super slick, sweet sequence that I think it's actually really well executed. Um, equal parts of like I'm assuming that's model work and etc. But like it's just a really cool like hey, this just looks really rad. Like it's it's yes, it's, it's, it's salamander in a tube thing that just seems very complicated. But it also again sets up the weirdness of the situation. Cause you know, it's, that's where we really get to see these underground workers. And it's like this weird, like what, what is this? <laughs> like, where are you going in this thing? And it's just really, it's just really cool. And it looks really great. And I love how it's filmed and, uh, and shot. So yeah, that's it. That's all well, I got to bring up. And you make a, you make a really good point with how it's shot, because if I'm not mistaken, as it's getting to the bottom, I'm not exactly sure what they do with the camera work. Mm-hmm. But they make this kind of transition between almost this like model shot to, um, you know, a more of a like a medium close up on Salamander. And yeah, you, kind of, you know, you get this kind of like um, motion of like, um, you know, he's hunching down, like coming to a stop that mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the gravity is increasing as he's decelerating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't. Like I'd want to go back and watch that scene again because I'm not exactly sure how they cut that film, that transition, that, but it was very effective. Oh yeah, for I don't, I really would like to kind of yeah, I would like to kind of like a quick look at each frame of that because I'm mm-hmm. not 100 percent sure on that either. It is great though, it is really great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's one, uh, Justin. We have two segments that we we kind of end the show with, and um. We the first one is I'm just I'm just gonna hit the button and then I will explain what it is. Okay. <laughs> I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time. All right. So, Justin, are you familiar with the patron saint of Podcastica, Duggan from uh, City of Death? Uh. 
it has been a while since I've seen City of Death, so I'm not 100% familiar. So I believe City of Death was one of the very first classic episodes we reviewed here on Doctor Who, and we mm-hmm. became... It, it, was, it was the first oh, it was. classic Who episode we reviewed on Podcast Who, yeah. Okay. And we became, besides it being an amazing story overall um we became obsessed with this uh police or this was he a private detective or he's a police yeah, i think so uh yeah. named duggan played by um todd chadbon um he would he basically like he said i have all the machinery i need right here and he is talking about his fists as he <laughs> he punches things uh seemingly at any time it's great <laughs> So whenever we have something in Doctor Who that we feel is deserving of the Duggan scale, which we do not have written down record of, (laughs) (laughs) um, we give it a rating on a 1 to 10. And there is, at least for me, there is one scene in this entire story that we need to rate on the Duggan scale, and it is when the guard is smashing all of the plates in Giles' quarters, and then he uses... And then it go it goes so extensive that he uses the butt of his gun to further smash them on on the floor before yeah. they leave. Yeah. So we give yeah. it on a rating of one to ten. And um, Taylor, what are you thinking here? Oh boy! Well, it's it's kind of a non traditional Duggan. Um, yes. But it is highly entertaining. Yes. Um, because I totally get for roughing up somebody's place. You mm-hmm. want to exert your dominance. Um, I don't really think of taking the butt of a gun to to the fine china. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna trust my gut. I'm gonna run with a seven and a half. I think I'll go with a seven. While it was entertaining, yes, it's not a true Duggan smash, but I mean, if anything, it got a higher rating because after he indeed, you know, n- none of that was usable. He, he used the butt of his gun just to further smash it in a scene that would seem to go on way too long. Uh, I, I thought it was very funny. So I'm going with the seven. Oh, man. I feel you bringing it up being way too long. It's a very fair point. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think that's the reason. Not to sound like, I, not to sound like I'm copying you two. Right. I feel a seven is the appropriate. Seven and a half is me being generous. I'll admit to that. But I'll say a solid seven. All right. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right. We do have, we do have one segment. Uh, it is the, it is, I'm just going to hit the button. Here we go. You like the buttons. I do. They're great. Gathering close. It's time for the behind the close game. <laughs> All right, Taylor. This is all you, sir, as our resident father. What do you th- what are you thinking here? You know, honestly, I don't think that the enemy of the world is particularly scary. Um, I don't think it's necessarily violent outside of the actual death, not the faked death of Jaws Kent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then it's black and white. You yes. know, there's not you don't you don't have the the vivid colors of of death in this case um uh in fact the story itself is fantastic um i would love for the kids to see it if they can handle the length if they can handle six episodes of this but it does play really well as like as we said like as a spy story yes you know with the adventure and the intrigue and everything so 
it could work. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. This, oh, pleasure. This, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and d- just before we get out of here and we get through some plugs, um, next time we're going to be watching Carnival of Monsters, which is a third Doctor story starring John Pertwee as the Doctor and Katie Manning as Joe Grant. Uh, and yeah, I believe this is not dinosaurs, but it looks close. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's we'll not get there. We'll, we'll get there. Um, so, uh, Justin, where can the people find you on the social medias and, you know, in other forms of media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, with my handle at Justin quiz, uh, Twitter at Justin keys on, um, yeah, uh, I do a monthly podcast called Nothing New, a remake podcast where we watch uh, the we watch a remake of a, and the original film that the remake is based on. Uh, we got a big one coming up in May. I'll tell you that much. It's an Ooh. epic. It's the, it's our most ambitious one. I'll just say it right now. Right. Oh, we're we're doing all a Star Is Born. Uh, oh oh wow! And oh. I I decided. We decided let's go big. We're doing all four versions of a Star Is Born. Jeez. I figure wow. I figured we had the time. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, sounds about right. Um, I I also have a go yeah, let's plug the Go Go Godzilla podcast. So currently, that's sort of on its own hiatus. Uh, we last left off with uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. So we're we're when we uh, get the ball rolling again, it'll be Mothra versus Godzilla. Nice, excellent. Um, and yeah, I do a, a weekly Twitch stream. Uh, it's been Saturdays, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash Justin Keys on. And what I do on my stream is I basically do a lot of like film recommendations and film talks. So I basically pick five movies that I... The last month was me going through like every streaming service available and picking five movies <laughs> that I really like that's available on the streaming services. And I kind of give you a little history and, and reason why I like it. And hopefully I, if my passion for liking this movie is is getting you interested, then I gave you a chance to try out something that you may never heard of. Um, last one, last my last stream was actually a lot of fun because I basically decided to ask friends to submit some movies to me. Mm-hmm. And I read their reasons why they liked it. And I actually had a lot of fun with that episode as well. And so, yeah, it, it'll generally be movie talk, you know? You're right, right. So, so if you're if you're looking for me to, you know, scream during Fortnite, I don't, that's not happening. But wow. <laughs> it's, it's mostly film discussion. So, All yeah. right. Well, great. And for us, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter. Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica and rate and review us as well. And also, while you're doing that, the newest episode of If Memory Serves came out, so you should check that out as well. Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. And uh, if you want to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. But the the song remains the same. If you have independent artist friends, go support them, um, retweet them, purchase things from them. It's uh, it's hard out there, people, and they could they could use the help. So join us again next week, Justin. Thank you so much once again. This was a blast. Thank you. And and join us again next time for Carnival of Monsters, and we'll talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Direct. He's very direct to the point.
and you watch him, unlike me talking on a podcast, um, 